This is part two of the kingdom of God in healing. So I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of speech and sound, the sound of creation, because this is a real thing. And if you actually begin to research into some different areas of quantum physics and some people that look and believe in understanding this reality of sound and speech affecting molecules and matter and creation in the human, what you begin to realize is that sometimes there's actually power in words. Actually, we know there's power in words because that's how the whole world came into being. Although I've even heard of some people who actually make a mockery of this, but that's because they've never opened the first page of their Bible and read it. But here's what's interesting. There's another theory, and I forget the name of these. These are all nerdy theories you can go look up in quantum physics and physics and so on. But there is a teaching and an understanding and a belief and actually science behind the idea that when I go to look for something, sometimes that thing will be there simply because I am looking for it. We see this at like a molecular and a particle level where as you actually observe something, it responds differently because of the fact you're observing it than it would respond if there was no one observing it. And I don't remember exactly how they do all the experiments, but they have proven this to where you can actually have, you know, observing a particle and it acts one way. But if you get out of there and you're not observing it, it actually acts a different way. So observation is actually something that can begin to affect reality. Observation plus speech can really begin to affect reality. Jesus looked at the fig tree and he spoke to it. He looked at the storm and then he spoke to it. He was looking at things and speaking to them. Now he was speaking in faith, which is important. And I'm going to speak about that in a little bit. But he looked at things and spoke to them. There are actually scientists out here who are not Christian scientists. Maybe they at least believe in a spiritual realm. They believe in a higher power. They will not name the name of Jesus Christ necessarily as their Savior and as Lord of the universe. And I'm bringing this up because this is science and scientists who literally say there is a huge problem with the way that we do medicine. And one of the problems is that whenever you actually look and look at something to observe it and then speak, it's possible that expectant look of observing actually begins to cause various things to manifest that may have not been there prior. And the belief and teaching from these guys, and these are guys who have begun to see people seemingly miraculously healed people that are in fact receiving healings without faith in Christ. And I don't recommend this because I'm all about faith in Christ, but I'm bringing this up just to make a point from a science perspective. But these are people who are saying, look, it's a bad idea sometimes to go for particular kinds of exams and so on, simply because... I'm just going to use cancer as an example. And I'm not going to tell you, don't, don't go out there and get checked. You do, you do you. You follow whatever 
you currently believe until you are finally believing in the kingdom of the gospel and living it, not just mentally accepting it as true, but walking it out as a reality. Those are two different things, two very different things. But anyways, so here's what they say. They say it's possible. Now you've got this voice in your head saying, hey, hey, maybe you've got, you know, this disease, this particular stage of some sort of, you know, deadly disease. And I'm just going to use cancer as an example, but please do not receive this. Don't say to yourself that you have this disease. Don't do that. Because all things are possible to him who believes, not just good things. All things are possible to him who believes. And if you have been trained to believe in the negative and in bad things, it's possible to believe for bad things to happen to yourself. But as a strictly example, let's say that you've got this voice saying, hey, I feel screwed up. I think maybe I've got stage two cancer. I'm going to go to some doctor and I'm going to see if he can check me for cancer. And you go to a doctor who's used to observing cancer. He's expecting cancer because this is what he does all day, every day. He's a cancer doctor. He expects people that come into his office to have cancer. It's a very likely thing for this guy. This guy has the faith to believe for cancer, not for cancer to be healed, but perhaps for it to be manifest. And now you show up to his office and he's observing you. And remember, we know that particles react and respond differently when they're being observed. So he's observing you with an expectation of some sort of disease. And then he begins to speak to you. And perhaps he speaks to you in a way that actually begins to cause that very disease to manifest. It is quite possible, and you may never know this, it is quite possible you walk into that office with no issues at all, just a doubt in your mind about your health, but no actual physical problems, and the doctor actually speaks it over you and it manifests within you and comes to pass because all things are possible to him who believes. He's believing in something negative and he is speaking it and the very molecules inside of your body are responding accordingly. This is what scientists have proven can occur. What if it's possible that having regular checkups is not about maintaining health, but rather having plenty of opportunities to speak death into existence in your body so that you get more stuck inside of this system? In the kingdom of God, we speak words of life. In the kingdom of the world, they often speak words of death. We are commanded in Luke chapter 8, verse 18, to take care then how you hear. Be careful how you hear. Who are you hearing words from? Him who is speaking death or him who is speaking life? Because one is designed to steal, kill, and destroy and bring you into the kingdom of the world. And the other one is designed to bring you life and life abundantly and bring you into the kingdom of the gospel. 
Remember that Scripture also declares life and death are in the power of the tongue. And as Christians, we are commanded to speak life. Our calling is to bring life to people. Jesus brought life and life abundantly, and it is Jesus in us that we are here to manifest to the world. Remember, the kingdom of God is not just the heavenly afterlife. It's here and now. It's today. It has been and forever will be. It's the ability to tap into eternal life. We see in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, that the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. That's more of flesh versus spirit, which is kind of the overall theme of this series. But if we sow to the Spirit, we reap eternal life. With eternal life, we have healing, the miraculous, the everlasting afterlife, all kind of wonderful things. Part of our calling as Christians is to make sure we're sowing to the Spirit and not to the flesh. And that's part of why I've been doing this diagnostics about what the flesh looks like whenever we're sowing to it, because we'll begin reaping a lot of the very things that we're sowing. We reap the impurities and immoralities and idolatries and so on if we're sowing to those things. We don't want to reap those things. We want eternal life. I want to talk about the topic of faith, but I also want to point out something that now faith does not require you to live a perfect life in order to have faith. However, my experience has been that if I am constantly sowing to my flesh, to me, it produces a double-mindedness. It produces an instability, an inability to function in faith at the level that I should. But if I'm instead sowing to my spirit, it seems a lot easier to walk as a man of faith. But it doesn't start with me having good behavior and then I earn faith. Rather, it starts with faith. Because remember, the righteous or just shall live by faith, so that a scripture declares. So we've got to first understand what faith is, how it functions, and then live by it. So what is faith? Faith is believing God when he speaks to you. We see Abraham, God said, hey, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. At a time when Abraham had no children and his wife was past childbearing age, God says, I'm going to give you a new name. And the new name means you got so many babies, it's going to fill up entire nations to the ends of the earth. And Abraham responded by believing God. Even though he wasn't perfect, even though at some point he tried to manifest his own miracle through his own means without waiting upon the Lord, he was still considered a man that made the hall of faith in Hebrews. So it's hearing God speak to you and responding. This is a big reason why part of this final reformation that we've got coming is hugely, hugely involving people getting equipped with miraculous healing, but also hearing the voice of God. 
Both Joel 2.28 and Acts 2.17 declare that in the last days, God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters are prophesying. Everyone can hear the voice of God. That's the shift that's coming. It's not just a select few. It's not a handful of prophets. It is everyone able to hear the voice of God. And this is why it's so vital that we all become equipped to hear the voice of God. There is a common deception in some parts of the religious world that will say things like, oh, God God doesn't speak anymore. He no longer has prophets. He no longer communicates with people. And I've said this before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. But look, if you've got a guy on the pulpit who is telling you that God no longer speaks, I'm going to tell you, God does still speak. And there's something you know for a fact. That man is not following the voice of God because he's deaf to it. I don't care how spiritual or religious or theological he seems. If he is unable to hear the voice of God, then whose voice is he following? Jesus said, My sheep know me, and they hear my voice. He is either following the voice of the Lord and bringing his flock closer to the Lord and transforming them into the image of the Lord, which is a huge, huge key factor to tell if your leader is actually being led by the Spirit of God or that person is not being led by the Spirit of God, but they're rather being led by the carnal nature, the old man the devil, an angel of light, posing as an angel of light, but still the devil. And then they're just leading people into a bunch of spiritual stuff, which is often kind of a hamster wheel where you just run in circles the rest of your life, struggling and struggling, but never actually getting the breakthrough and living the true Christian life. It's a trap. Learning to hear the voice of God is one of the ways you escape this trap. So I'm just going to tell you, everyone can hear the voice of God. You can get trained in it. You can grow in it. Remember, look at the Old Testament. Look at the New Testament. Look at how many of the people had a relationship with God, not because they simply read a book, but because they heard the author of the book speaking to them. Moses was a man who spoke to God face to face. God didn't just throw some letters down from heaven and say, here, read these. He spoke with him face to face. And he was an old covenant. We live in a greater covenant than Moses had. Scripture declares we have the ability to come boldly before the throne of grace, boldly before our Father who loves us, who gave his only begotten Son for us. So it's important that you learn to hear the voice of God. And the reason why is that's where faith comes from. Scripture declares that faith comes by hearing, not reading, but hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, there are people out there like me who can sit down and read their Bible and hear the Lord bring tons of revelation as they're reading their Bible. That's wonderful. Look, if you're reading the Bible and you're actually having the Lord highlight and speak to you through it, good. And if you're not, ask the Lord to do so. 
Don't simply try to read the Bible and reason it with your intellect. Rather, yield your intellect to your hearing. Read and hear what the Lord is speaking to you. I actually got to hear an example of someone out there who had been reading what I would consider one of the most obscure scriptures, I'm not going to quote it, that seemed to have nothing whatsoever to do with healing. And yet, they actually heard the Lord speak to them through this scripture, and it gave them the faith to manifest a miracle healing that they needed for their child. And that's just proof that it's not just about the words on the page. It's the Spirit who gives life. Spirit speaking to Spirit. Look, if it was the words alone that gave life, then the Pharisees would have been the most full of life out of everyone, for they knew the Scripture better than everyone. And yet Jesus tells us in John chapter 5, verse 39, You search the Scriptures because you think in this book you have eternal life. Wrong. It's this book that speaks of me, and yet you're unwilling to come to me. That's what Jesus tells them. He says, that Bible you got over there, it's a compass that navigates and points the way to the Son of God. And instead of actually looking at it to find their way to the Son of God, they actually worship the book instead of the author of the book. This is important because faith does not simply come from the reading process. It comes from hearing the voice of God. I have heard the voice of God while reading the scripture. I have heard the voice of God while not reading the scripture. Just like the vast majority of people in the Old Testament who heard God speak to them. Look at Abraham. There was no Bible floating around for Abraham. How did God speak to him under the lesser covenant? He speaks to you today. So faith actually comes by hearing the word of the Lord. Now, one of the processes that I, I personally believe Jesus went through, which I would consider part of the invisible process that's not always visible to the eye, here's Jesus talking to a storm. And I believe that Jesus actually had a spot where maybe he had yielded first and said, okay, Holy Spirit, he's got the Holy Spirit in him. Here's a storm here. How shall I respond? Remember, Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father doing. I think in this circumstance, it's possible and likely that Jesus surrendered his own will because Jesus said, I have not come to do my own will, but the will of the Father. And so he stops in the moment. He doesn't try to reason or intellect. Oh, there's a storm. Shall we navigate around it? None of that. There's no reasoning or intellect on a human level. There is instead a stopping and a yielding to the Spirit of God that is within him, saying, Okay, Spirit of God, how shall I act in this moment? What shall I do to shift creation and reality? He hears the voice of God internally. We're not seeing this because sometimes it did come down from heaven and people are like, Ah, it was thunder. I'm like, Bro, it was God. But... They weren't looking to God. But here's Jesus, listening, yielding to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit impresses upon him, speak. Speak to the storm. He speaks to the thing. And it ceases. It just becomes still.
there's an internal process of stopping, surrendering, yielding to the Spirit of God so that now the next words, when I open my mouth and I speak, I am speaking to creation. I am now speaking at a sound level. Remember, we talked about the molecular structure, how science has even proven it's a vibration, a frequency, or a sound that makes up these things. And what's going on is I can speak from myself, just simply words, or I can speak from the faith of God that is within me. And when I speak from the faith of God, creation recognizes the voice of the Creator coming through me. That does not make me God, but it does make God's Word coming through me. And as I begin to speak His Word from sourced from Him in me, creation responds. It is this process of yielding and surrendering, not to my intellect, not to my knowledge based on experience and training, Let me tell you, my knowledge based on experience and training does not tell me to speak to storms. Likewise, it would not tell me to speak to cancers or diseases, not based on what the world has taught me, but based on what the Son of God, who is my perfect example for how to live life, has taught me, I would speak to those things. And I would speak to those things at a level where I am connected to God, functioning from a faith in God, which brings authority and dominion over creation. Personally, I believe it's important that we pursue a life of holiness with the Lord, because the Lord only ever commissioned one group of humans to heal the sick, and it wasn't some guy that went to medical college. It was Christians Christians laying hands on the sick are the only group of people that Jesus Christ ever commissioned to bring healing into the world. And everything else out there, everything else, whether it seems natural, unnatural, man-made, natural remedy, and so on, everything else out there, that is competing with Christians laying hands on the sick and ministering healing is actually at war with your faith and is at war with the great commission of Jesus Christ. Let's not let the Christian faith be replaced by the world. I don't have time to get into that, but historically that's actually what happened. I'm going to get into the medical system here soon. And there is actually a time, which I'm not going to go into in great detail, of where the church was actually one away from Jesus Christ to the medical system of the world for healing. I want to briefly shift and talk about law and laws. There are laws that govern the kingdom of God. There are laws that govern the kingdom of the world. The two are not always in line with one another. In the kingdom of the world, you cannot step out of a boat and walk on water. But in the kingdom of God, you certainly can. The kingdom of God is a a rulership realm of dominion over you. The kingdom of God is pretty much invisible. You can't necessarily see it. 
Think of it, this is an absolute horrid example perhaps, but think of it like, as like a giant magic bubble. I step into the kingdom of God and I have this force around me. It's the very force that comes with God's rulership, God's capability, God's law. And the way I step into this magic bubble is by aligning myself with the Lord, by living from the Spirit of God. And then this thing begins to be manifest around me. This is the no plague comes near my dwelling. Look at the Old Testament, the Exodus, where there was the, the final one where they put the blood of the lamb on the door for the Passover. And the Passover was all about one of the angels of the Lord coming and killing all the firstborn of the Egyptians. And yet the children of God were protected. There's literally death all around them. And it doesn't even touch them because they have genuinely put their faith in God at this point. That's because they were following the voice of God, obeying the voice of God, and they were protected. They were living under His rulership, under His law, under His dominion. And in the New Covenant, we can still live under His rulership. His law has changed for us. It's not the law of the Old Testament. It is now the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has freed me from the law of sin and death. But the law of the spirit of life is about living from the spirit of Jesus Christ who is in us. And that is what manifests life into our flesh on a regular basis. That is the source of health and healing. If you are finding yourself constantly with this impulse and desire to look into all of creation for health and healing, it is a nonstop journey because what you're looking for lives inside of you in the Spirit of God. And once you take hold of that truth and that reality, you will find fulfillment. Jesus says, when we come to if we thirst, come to him, and he will give us that fountain of everlasting water. But the normal impulse when we thirst or desire something is to immediately look into the creation for the fulfillment of whatever it is that we desire. That's a very human response of walking by sight and not by faith. But this is something the Lord is freeing us from. He's teaching us to walk not by what we physically observe with our eyes. Because remember, with our eyes, we can only observe what these molecules and atoms ha look like when they're completely packed together. But that's not actually observing reality because reality at a molecular level is invisible to the eye. This is why we have to walk by faith and not by sight. And this is why faith comes by hearing and not by physically observing with our eyes. Our eyes can only see what we can see, but it's a rare day that we can see the unseen. That's why it's called unseen. That's also why Jesus talked about, hey, having eyes to see, do you not see? And having ears to hear, do you not hear? Look, I have eyes, and so the, the, the issue is I might look in front of me and think I'm seeing everything that there is, and yet in reality, there's tons of stuff that I cannot perceive with simply my eyes. None of you have ever seen the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. You can see when the wind comes together powerfully 
and create something and is moving leaves and dirt and water and rain and so on, you can feel the wind, but you can't see it. And yet it's a real thing. So we need to realize that there's a huge reality to the invisible part of creation. And God himself created the earth. He understands the earth. Even with things that have gone out of whack due to the fall of man, the Lord understands the earth. This is why we yield in each moment to the voice of the Lord and let the Lord move through us. And this is important for healing because healing, we need to get ourselves aligned with the Lord as much as possible so that we can accomplish the mission of the gospel and bring healing into all of the world. Right now, there is such a huge, huge thing with churches all over the place where they will take and they will send out missionaries, but they always want to make sure they've got nurses and doctors with them as well because they don't want to send Christians. And so the whole world is being discipled into the kingdom of the world for healing. But if instead we would equip Christians to be Christians and to function in healing and to get out and bring that into all the world, then the whole world would see not the kingdom of the world's medical system as their savior, but they would see Jesus Christ powerfully as their savior. Jesus Christ still heals the sick. He is bringing back that understanding and wisdom to the church at large. Everyone's learning to prophesy. Everyone's learning to heal the sick. That is part of this reformation. Do not be left behind. Get equipped for this time, this season, and this generation. We see from a couple years back with the whole COVID craziness that people died left and right. And it's unfortunate that the church was not well equipped to minister healing at a time the world needed it. But rather many people in the church were waiting for the kingdom of the world to figure out the solutions to the kingdom of the world's problems. Let me tell you, it's the kingdom of God that has the solutions. The kingdom of the world is the one that has the problems. And we are called to bring to earth the kingdom of God's solutions so that the world may know that there is one true God in heaven, one true God who truly reigns, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. So the question I want to leave you with is this. Are you going to be someone who allows the kingdom of the world to try to replace that which only comes from the kingdom of God? Or are you going to be one who manifests the kingdom of God so powerfully that the kingdom of darkness sees the light and we begin to replace the kingdom of the world with the kingdom of God? Be blessed.